This is CliffCentral.com. Yes, that's how we do it. Shabana Fela. Shabana. Shabana Fela. Rory, 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 we've got people already tweeting us. They want to know what this song is called. Listening to the cliffcentral.com, Cliff Central app. What's the name of this? It makes me so happy. Linda Pretorius. Pans Komtuns Welanga. Under the Shadow of the Sun. By Mzege Zege featuring Izinyoka. Now, how's that guy going to find that? Google it. Welcome to the show. It's Frankly Speaking for one hour. My name is Andrew Levy. We're here with Rory Sang Shabalala. Dumilang Rory. So I have an interesting story that I need to talk to you before we get into this. Tell me, my friend. So one of the guests on the show, Bonzo. Bonzo Pilane. Bonzo Pilane. Yeah. Anyway, so I spoke to her on the phone uh, about this issue that we're speaking about this morning. And she um, she answers the phone and I say, Bonzo. Uh, Hi, Bonzo. And she's like, Ache. Ache, papi. So yeah. I was like, Dumelang. And then, you know, I went into it, right? Yes. And then we got to a point where I stopped speaking Suti. Because <laughs> there's about four lines. Yeah. Exactly. It's four <laughs> lines, right? And um, she then said to me, Listen, I thought you were my uncle who always phones me about alcohol. <laughs> I was like, Wow. This accent of mine is really yeah, gonna change, like, you if, know. If you are gonna, yeah. <laughs> this suit accent I'm gonna really You sound work like on. an alcoholic <laughs> uncle. Yeah, yeah, Welcome something. to the show. It's a one hour of craziness. We speak about the things that you've been thinking about, but uh, haven't been able to voice to be to speak about. Uh, we've got a really interesting show lined up. The whole country has gone hair mad. It's crazy. It's hairy out here. What's happening out here? Oh my god, it's getting worse <laughs> as we go. What, what are you? Is this what a comedian hour? Or something? What, what's wrong with you? Please do not ever do stand up comedy. Not even as like a corporate thing. Please, it's not funny, guys. Ah, come on, this is funny. Just because you don't okay. have hair. You're right, you're right, you're right. As I was say, we are very well versed to talk about this between you and I. Hey? We're speaking about hair. Um, we saw the commotion that happened at Pretoria Girls and everyone's been speaking about hair and hair and hair and hair and we thought maybe a little bit of a different angle today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting. Obviously, everybody jumps onto the bandwagon. We're now all woke, so, so we all jump onto the bandwagon and we support <laughs> the girls. We support the girls. I mean, I've even got my Afro out today. You've got your Afro out. Uh, Pumi Mashiro, who's on after us, 10 a.m. Tune in, Wumandla. She's got a fantastic Afro as well. Um, but uh, the big issue here is uh, we shout down those that have uh, different opinions to us most of the time, mm-hmm. and we thought we would uh, we would we would try and engage with uh, those that we that might have a differing view to us on this on this issue. Understand where they're coming from. Um, some have called have have said that the girls are behaving like entitled little bitches so it would be good to understand where that's coming from mm-hmm. um, that some have said that uh, black people are not disciplined um, uh, they must go to another school if they if they're not going to obey the rules they're not going to read the rules uh, so mm-hmm. uh, so so there's a lot that's been said and we, we want to try and understand where these people are coming from um, uh, you know rather than just shouting them down let's hear if uh, there might be uh, some intelligence uh, in, in in what they're saying in these, in these discussions. Yeah, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe we, maybe we hear something that that surprises us. But I think it also just points to to this has this. It's an issue about hair that has immediately exposed the the underlying fault lines, racial fault lines in our country again. Mm-hmm. Right. So every time there's an issue, whether Wade van Niekerk wins an, an Olympic gold, uh, we, we're having an, a hair issue. We quickly separate on the basis of of race, um, as usual. Um, it's happened again, and it might be worth exploring uh, how, in the way that we come into these conversations, we are perpetuating the racial divisions uh, mm-hmm. in our country. I think it's also important to give a little bit of context. We've got uh, our first guest on the line 
Mishka Wazar. She's a journalist um, at the Daily Vox. Love the Daily Vox. Um, and so she's going to give us a bit of context. Of course, we want to hear your views as well. Um, if you tweet us at Rory Shabalala or at Yebo underscore Levy, or you can uh, WeChat us as well at cliffcentral.com. We want to hear your thoughts. Do you, are you, have you had enough? Are you over it? Do you think that this has been blown completely out of proportion? We want to hear from you. You can also phone in 0861-555-189. Duncan and the crew are waiting for your calls, so we'll hear from them as well. Let's uh, bring Mishka into the line right now. Uh, Mishka, good morning to you, and thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. So Mishka Rory was on uh, 702 uh, a little bit earlier this week. He had a bit of a discussion with John Robbie. um, And... um, it seemed like John. I hear you called him off. Um, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I called him out or anything. <laughs> okay. I just think it was a bit of a discussion that maybe went off topic. We were supposed to discuss the issue at the school and the issue in South African society as a whole, and I think it turned into a discussion on white privilege. Isn't that what this whole thing is about? This this black hair issue that happened at Pretoria Girls. That it's about white privilege. Well, it's about the fact that white people don't understand what the issue is. I don't think that's that's what the issue is because, um, yet again, I think reducing it to um, lack of white people's understanding is again taking it away from what the fundamental aspects of this of this really is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's reductive to say that it's just about hair or it's just about rules that are applying to white people because at this school in particular, I attended this school, so I know what it's like. But at the school in particular, and in former Model C schools, or schools like this in South Africa as a whole, they're built on imperialist and colonialist structures. That's what, that, those, those are the reasons that the schools were built. They were built to educate the British wives of British soldiers. So the fact that these traditions are still trying to be perpetuated and maintained within these schools is incredibly dangerous to the majority of the girls who do attend these schools because those are not our traditions. So forcing us to assimilate to this ideal of white femininity and white culture is an erasure of, of black women. It's Mishka, an erasure of black students. Maybe, maybe for those that have been uh, uh, sitting under a rock for the past two weeks, can you just give us uh, just a background? What are the facts actually about what's going on at Pretoria High School for Girls? Um, what happened uh, and how did it escalate to where it is now? Okay, so um, I'm obviously not at school anymore. But from what I have been told and from what I've seen and interviewed people about, a few weeks ago, um, basically a group of graders, or rather one grader in particular, started at the school this year. And she has been receiving a lot of abuse and a lot of mistreatment from the school and from teachers for her afro, because it is a beautiful, big afro. And even when I was at the school, that was not allowed. Mm. So... Um, She's been given disciplinary hearings and detention, and I think it's just been raising the levels of frustration and the levels of, of erasure that the girls have been feeling. So they've been staging smaller and smaller acts of resistance over the past few weeks. And this past Saturday was the school's annual Spring Fair, which is a very big deal in Pretoria. Mm, mm. So after Spring Fair, they decided to hold a silent march, mm. which was completely peaceful, completely... It was just a powerful act of resistance, and the teachers and parents decided to stop them and threaten them with arrest, which okay. was really the turning point, because that was all caused in camera and video, and the rest of us found out about it. You, so so th- there's obviously an issue here where you're speaking about assimilation um, and, and wanting to break traditions that are imperial traditions, as you call it. Yes. Uh, some might argue and say, uh, well... Why didn't you raise this in more um, in more formal structures of the school and so on? Why did it have to come out like this? Or has there been some a process going on? And this is just a, where we're we're picking the story up from. Now, something that I did raise at uh, raise at um, at the interview with John Robbie was that in this school in particular, I can't speak for all from the model C schools, but there was no internal efficiency when trying to deal with students' problems. In the five years that I was at the school, we did raise issues. We raised issues about hair, about uniform, about um, the fact that even though it was a secular school, we would have to sing Christian hymns and attend Christmas and Easter services. And not once in those five years were any of our issues addressed and dealt with. Complaints were not allowed. 
petitions were not allowed. Protests were definitely not allowed, which is why this act of protest is so brave and so it's just the biggest thing at the moment for me in particular because I never thought this was happening at school. But every time that any of us decided to raise complaint, it was basically reduced to us having to write an anonymous letter, clipping it underneath the headmistress's door, and hoping for the best. So without any internal structures to deal with these issues, I don't. I see that every method that these girls could have gone through would have been exhausted. Mishka, the last step is to have a process. It sounds. It sounds like uh, normal normal relations between students and and staff at at a normal academic institution. But uh, this this surfaced as stop racism at uh, Gold's High. Stop racism at Pretoria Gold's High. Uh, mm-hmm. What aspects of this would you identify as racist? What's happening? Is there racism at at, at Pretoria Gold's High? You being an old girl of the school. Um, and Sorry, having, you, you just said that uh, normal relations between students and staff. Did you mean students and I mean um, staff and? Yeah. So, so okay, no. what I'm saying is this: yeah. this could this could be said to be a, a normal part of uh, intergenerational tensions in any okay. institution. Uh, young okay. people uh, backing the trend and older people wanting to enforce rules. Uh, uh-huh. But but the way it surfaced, uh, at least out in the open, it came out uh, under the hashtag Stop Racism at Pretoria Girls High. How did we move from uh, disagreements on hairstyles to this becoming a race a racist issue? You have you are you have been at the school. You used to be a student there. Uh, is this a racist issue? Is there a problem of racism at the Pretoria High School for Girls? Yes, there are problems of racism at the school. And the reason for this is that while it is an issue of hair, the issues of hair are directly related to racism. To force black girls to assimilate or rather hold them to a standard of whiteness in terms of how they look and how their hair should look is racist. Because it is erasing cultural, sometimes religious, identifiers and forms of self-expression. There's a very big difference between a group of students wanting to express their, and I'm going to quote John Ravi, useful exuberance at a school. Because at this particular school, they, it, it's the culture that is being, um, the pervasive culture is that of a white middle-class English home. So there's a huge difference between a bunch of English white middle-class girls trying to break the status quo and sort of rebel against the system and a group of black girls trying to become visible within that school system. So you can't just, there's a very big difference between saying that they're a group of spoiled little bitches trying to um, cause trouble and get their hair or, or rather be able to do whatever they want with their hair. Because you're basically saying that this group of girls can't be trusted to figure out what the best hairstyle for their everyday lives would be. So, and also relating to your idea of normal relationships between students and staff, I don't think it's normal for um, students and staff to, to have a, hierarchy, a huge hierarchy of power and financing strategies. Like, that is just, I don't know, that strikes me as something almost akin to an authoritarian system or an authoritarian system of government. Mishka, I, I'm I'm keeping quiet here because I'm just loving the conversation, and and I agree with you regarding authoritarian like schooling systems. Uh, I think that's that's not a you know per se that's I think it's uh, expedited in race, but I mm-hmm. think just generally I think the schooling system is backward. It's old and it needs to be reformed completely, regardless of color, because I think it's absolutely pathetic how the power structures work. Um, I want to understand quickly on your side, though, what has been the most interesting thing that's come out after the engagement on radio and on air about about this whole black hair issue? I think the most, do you mean the most interesting thing out of the school or out of people's opinions in general? Out of people's opinions. I think that the most surprising thing for me is that there are still people who just don't seem to understand that these issues are racist. There are some people who are still like, oh no, if you don't agree with this, you need to go to a different school, as if that's a viable argument. Or people who say that these traditions should carry on and still be maintained. And that surprised me quite a bit, because like you said at the intro, um, we assume that we're all woke. 
but this has definitely opened up a can of worms and, and which told me, at least, that no, lots of people still aren't woke. Wow, Mishka, thank you very much for giving us context uh, as of we course. jump into this topic. Just out of interest, uh, should white girls then be allowed to come to school with dyed hair and, uh, and, no. and all sorts of things? Well, I mean, no, because black girls also aren't allowed to, to come to school with dyed hair. The issue here isn't just about um, sort of useful self-expression or breaking the status quo. The, the issue here is really about the erasure of black bodies within the schooling system. Mm. I really don't see how dyeing your hair we're trying to look like exactly the argument that they're using. Fashion statements should be allowed at a school because braids and afros and dreadlocks are not fashion statements. Mm. So you're not opposed to rules. You are, you're simply no, opposed to, to, to the manner in which it seems this particular rule um, is being applied and, and specifically victimizing black students. Yes, I'm not opposed to rules. I'm just opposed to, to unfair racist rules. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Mishka. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Mishka Wazar from uh, the Daily Vox. Check this stuff out. Um, she's uh, she she writes really well, uh, and Daily Vox has, has been on to this story and others. Um, so for an interesting, different opinion, you got to check them out. She said that these things aren't fashion statements. Mm. So here's where I start to disagree with her because of course they're fashion statements, right? If you wear cornrows compared to an afro. That's a fashion statement. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying it is. You, you think you look better in one or the other, right? What isn't a fashion statement? Well, exactly. That's what I mean. So, but where the point is, when someone says to you, "Your hair looks like a bird's nest," then yeah. then you got a problem. Well, <laughs> then, and and and, then, then and I think it raises the question: according to who? So, a fashion statement according to whose uh, fashion sense? Right. So. You're, through the lenses that you, you're looking through the world, you see it as a fashion statement. Mm. Um, but, uh, what, what informs that lens? How, how are you the one that's determining what a fashion sense is or isn't? So. Well, I think that's exactly it. And this is why for me, I don't care what you come to school as. I mean, if you, if you dye your hair purple and wear it down to the ground or have the biggest afro in the world and put beads in it, I don't give a damn. I, I really know. don't so give me a damn. You, me and you sit on yeah, opposite sides of the do. fence. As far as <laughs> I believe, I believe, I believe there is there is space for for rules um, in a schooling system. As you're bringing up young young men and young women, I think I think uh, there there are elements of of the disciplinary system that that really matter and that mm. count. Um, where I differ in in this particular instances is where some of the rules uh, seem to victimize some on the basis of 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 their their race. Uh, and 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 are based on other people's arbitrary definitions. Totally, of, totally. I mean, if you if you're talking about a person's natural hair, this is how I'm born. So mm. to for me, you want for to to make you happy, I need to go and somehow um, straighten the hair or do something that makes you happy, and I can't keep it natural. What do you expect? And what type of cost are you imposing? On my parents to to make sure that the hair is always within the, the lines of within the within the the bounds of what you regard as a, as not a fashion statement. Mm. You see, I think this is really important because it's not about rules. I think that you are saying that there are good rules that can be implemented. Mm. Uh, it's about those rules being applied in a way that aren't racist, backward, colonial. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's get uh, let's get somebody else who's been very vocal um, on this topic uh, into this conversation. Melissa Kuhn. She is a parent at Pretoria High School for Girls, and she's also been um, a big advocate of, uh, of 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 a campaign that's called uh, hashtag Hell No Detoy Won't Go Detoy. Of course, in reference to the uh, headmistress at uh, Pretoria High School for Girls. Uh, good morning, Melissa. Good morning. Melissa, you, you, you've had a lot wait, to say. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. Sorry, you're from Pretoria. I am from Pretoria. Melissa. Mora, Melissa. Melissa Thank you. Yes. Morning, morning, guys. I'm very well. I'm Welcome to our show. Um, let's get into it. You, you, you've had a lot to say about, about all of this. What is the, the basic thesis of, uh, 
of your position on this topic. Uh, you've, you've, you've raised a range of issues. You've said that you're against racism at all levels. Um, you said people must look at the whole picture. They, uh, you love the school because it goes beyond race, economic class and status and treat the ladies equally. Um, and, and you've spoken about this school being the school for all of us, uh, in that, in that community. So, uh, what is your position basically on this whole topic? You know, for, for, for me, the primary question I'd, I'd like to ask is why have the parents enrolled the girls at Girls High? I, as a mother of two daughters, stood in a queue at 2 o'clock in the morning after having looked at various schools, which school would be the best option for my child. Girls High stood out for various reasons. Number one, their level of excellence. Undoubtedly, level of excellence. Secondly, the strong sense of tradition that the school has. I don't know if you guys have ever had the opportunity just to walk through the front wooden doors of that school. You get a sense of awe. He has legacy. And then there's a strong affiliation of old girls and sisterhood. So primarily for me, it was about the rules and the fairness of the school. If I could just intimate, when I enrolled my children, I walked in, I handed the application for me. As I left, there were no educators around. The young ladies all stood aside and they said, good morning, man, good morning, man. I was... I was awestruck. I said, oh, this is the future of our youth. I was so impressed. I took my second application to a secondary school of choice, and there the children were pushing me out the way with the bags. Nobody was breathing, and I thought, Girls High stands out as a school of excellence. No matter where they come from, this is where I want my children to be. Melissa, would you and, say, oh. would you say, you know, you spoke about traditions, and uh, some of those traditions can be que- in, come into question, I suppose. If I asked you, are you a racist, what would you say to that? Absolutely, emphatically, categorically, no. So what do you lose if uh, an issue is raised by young women who, are, you know, arguably you could say the school has raised young women to have a voice, right, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you lose if these young women actively have a problem with one of the policies at the school and want to make a change? Change is everywhere. We cannot we cannot deny that change is part of our is part of our daily life. It happens continually. It's the manner in which we approach change. I've had so many people sending me SMSs, sending me video clips, and what stood out for me was the manner in which the change was endorsed. Number one, it became a media circus. If you looked at the clip and the way these youngsters were provoking the adults, putting their arms up in protest, saying, Arrest me, arrest me, that's provocation. We've never raised our children to be people that provoke. We, have, we raise young ladies with respect. Follow the process. Get the teachers involved. Get the parents involved. Why does it need to become a political issue when the ESS and ANC need to stand outside a school gate, create pandemonium, include the media, and then make a circle for the school where it should have been a peaceful thing? And I, I heard Mishka say, you know, there's never been a format for, for change and everything's just fell on deaf ears. I want to disagree. When my child started, I was not happy with the manner in which reports were being done. We educated, we asked at the AGM, which we all attend, where we have a voice. We said, please, we need the manner in which reports are being done to change. It was a process, and ultimately they listened and they changed process. Melissa, obviously uh, the the topic of reports is is, is a lot less uh, politically charged than the issue of of hair. Um, but um, you you how do you how do you think that uh, um, this issue escalated from uh, from from what it is an issue of hair? So we've heard that this particular student uh, was taken to detentions and so on. So there's probably a lot of consultation with parents that was happening um, mm-hmm. until it escalated to where we're seeing it now. So it doesn't sound like uh, it only started on the spring day. It sounds like at the spring day it was a boiling over of something that was already bubbling under for quite some time. Um, so so how do you think it got to a stage where it was allowed to 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 bubble over like this? I think it got to the stage because people just love the, the media hype. You know, I've, 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 I was at Spring Fair myself. It was a wonderful event. There was, there was nothing funny about Spring Fair until, the, until this whole media hype started. And if I could just say, unfortunately, Girls High has now been left holding the bomb. Nobody intimates to the fact that this particular learner in question was dismissed from previous schools with regards to discipline and hair issues. Why have they not been more to task? Why is the learner now being put out as a martyr and a poster child for change? Then the question is, why is discipline then being eroded? Yes, sure, there was consultation, I'm sure. I'm sure there was disciplinaries. 
But why has those other schools that have had those disciplinaries not been brought to class and not been brought to question? And I'll tell you why. Because it's a high school and it's a high-functioning high school that can get the media's attention. Mm. And all that this has done has, has taken the normality of our school, the normal school functioning, away. There is nothing anymore about the hairstyles because our school does have a school code of conduct and there is rules that pertain. And if I could tell you, the Girls High is one of the few schools that allow afros and, and weeds and braids that they allow it within measure. We're not saying conform to a white society. We're saying conform to what is acceptable in society. Yes, have you looked at it? Absolutely. So so this, is, this goes out the window. My children can go with purple hair because they believe purple is the color of royalty. Where does it stop? So what is acceptable in your, in your mind, Melissa? me in my mind is for parents to do their homework. Find out, are you happy with what the policies are where your children are? If you are not, don't enroll them. And then secondly, if you do want to still be at the school, or at the place of worship, or at the place of work, and you're not happy with the engage the system. Were you, were you unhappy with apartheid? Absolutely. I but was raised in the Transkai. I was not raised here. When I moved here when I was six, I didn't, I, I didn't ever advocate for, for for apartheid, not at all. So then why didn't you move? Pardon? Why didn't you move? You enrolled into I, South Africa. I, I, was, I was a minor. How do I move without did, my parents? These kids are minors. But absolutely. But then why did they then go to school where they want to cause trouble if they said we agree with the school's policy, but now we don't agree, now we want to change it off at the end of the year? But Melissa, is there no power? The is there no power differential here? And is this uh, is this perhaps where the the issue is? Because you are you are assuming that there are choices. You're assuming that there are schools where they can express themselves and also get uh, the quality of excellence that you speak about at Girls High. Uh, you are you are making the assumption, uh, and and you're being ahistorical about this because you you're also suggesting or, or assuming that they can actually go to schools outside of former Model C schools. Get the get the quality education at the cost that they get it, uh, and not have rules that were set up by people ages ago who are not black, right? Absolutely, I, I hear what you're saying. So, 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 I'm I'm in understanding. So, what attempts did you make to try and understand the issue from the point of view of the black learners? Did you at any time? So, you've come in here with a lot of um, exclamation mm. marks. Your Facebook post has a lot of capital letters, so you have strong opinions coming into this. Uh, how many question marks did you come into the quest- to, to the issue with? How have you tried to engage with, with these people who have a, a different view to yours? Um, without having to mention names, my, both my children do not, have, do not have friends that come from the same race. We have mixed friends coming. They come to my home. I engage them often. On Saturday at Spring Fair, in particular, I engage with a matric learner of color. And I said to a girl, I'm so proud of what you guys have achieved. Freedom's a year. You know, it's so wonderful. Your daughters are going to have legacy. And she turned around and said to me, Auntie Mel, my child will never come to the school. And I said, why go said, Because things are changing and discipline is going. And it seems to be okay. This coming from a child of color that has an afro that is kept in check, saying to me, Auntie Mel, it's not right that discipline is being charged. This was before this whole media hype happened. Auntie Mel, now, uh, Auntie Mel, now obviously this is uh, the the issue of discipline is 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 far reaching and goes beyond uh, the issue of hair. Um, but I, I'm just interested: how many past headmistresses at Girls High have been black? As far as to my knowledge, none. What percentage of the overall teacher and staff population is black? Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to give you that offhand. Uh, which which of the houses is named after a black person? Absolutely none. So, zero out of the three executive staff, that's a headmistress and deputy headmistress, are black. Three of the 89 academic staff are black. Three out of the 23 administrative and support staff are black. 25 out of the 25 estate staff are black, but they're led by mm-hmm. a white man, Mr. Skittenberg. The houses... Okay, and and, the, and, ha- the, and houses, the same question, how many of our RCL leaders... Or of color. No, no, no. Let's uh, let me finish. So you've got the houses: Aitken, Athlone, Buxton, Clarendon, Cornort, Duncan, Gladstone, MacWilliam, Selborne, Fansale. Uh, all of these are are, are named after uh, white people. Now, the question is: given these shocking statistics, which show very clear overrepresentation of white people in relation to national ge- uh, demographics, 
and the demographics of the learner population itself. Uh, Melissa, which part of the school and the things that the things, the people, and the symbols that it accords power and prominence to, do you think acknowledges the shared and equal existence of black learners in the school? Um, you know, it, it, it's one thing to, to come at this and be very uh, gung-ho about uh, this thing is not race and so on, discipline and all of those things. But uh, you have just you have just said, um, you've just acknowledged that the, they've got shocking statistics as far as teachers. So you speak about RCL. In I relation to, in relation to, no, 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 but I, I'm giving you the statistics. Uh, we've done the research, I've, I've, right? I've not said shocking though. So no, 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 those we're those saying those it's shocking. We're saying it's shocking yes, in relation to, to the demographics of the country. Don't you think it's shocking? I mean, three out of the 89 academic staff, or, so three out of the 89 teachers that they see are black. Um, the only black people that they see on that, on that campus that are overrepresented at any level are the cleaners and the gardeners and so on. Do you think this does not point to a problem of race in that school? Absolutely not. It points to, it points to the parents not being involved. I have been at my, at girls' house for five years. My daughter's matric, I got a daughter in grade 10. When they call for a national AGM or SGB election, you should see the parents that turn out because that's where the voice comes But what from. does that have to do Instead, with who we hire? allow me to finish. The SGB has, has, has a right to see who they employ, especially when it comes to ground staff, because the parents fund a lot of, a lot of what happens at school. So when they, when they actually go and they interview for, for people within staff, and when they actually have people voting the SGB on, it's the parents that have voted them there. So that SGB then, as a representative of the parents, do what they feel is in the best interest of the school. It's not about colour. Is it in the best interest of the school to have a school? Do you have the skill? Excuse me, finish. Do you have the skill that is required to run with a school of this caliber? Do you have the qualifications? And I can I can guarantee you, if this was a racial issue, our entire RCL head would have not been of color. So you're saying you're saying wonderful black lady. All right, I've I've listened to you. You're saying that there's absolutely no talent that uh, is of of black origin that could not be... At not at all. Not any not, staff you have, you at know, all. No, I've not said that at all. I've not said... You are unfortunately trying to accept and put words no, in my mouth. I'm not. You I'm said you you've yes, interviewed you and there's no one of the caliber of girls high that is black that can be in the staff. That's what you've said. So and then, I'm saying to you, saying have you looked hard enough? Because I think that that's then, rubbish. Wrong. No, no, no. You are putting words in my mouth. And you're really trying to initiate entrapment. This should be about our school, about what's happening currently. And, you know, I'm not going to play the, the game of entrapment, really. Melissa, this should be fundamentally about our children. Melissa, don't, uh, I'd, I'd suggest you don't play a victim here. We're actually trying to have a conversation and understand where you're coming I'm from. The thing, the thing that I'm, I'm concerned about, Melissa, I'm Melissa, I am concerned about, I'm concerned about, as I said, you came in here with a lot of exclamation marks. Uh, we have Absolutely. indicated to you that the school doesn't seem to have uh, any, you know, the, 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 it's shocking the number of, of people in power, in power to actually make a difference, uh, who are black in the school after all this time. And you're saying, well, uh, they've interviewed and they look at skills and so on. And by implication, if this is the number of black teachers, people in power in the school, and, and you seem to have an over-concentration of black people at a cleaning level and, uh, and, uh, and a gardening level, uh, and you're basically saying that you're not, the school is unable to find black people, uh, of not the type of talent. But that's, so why then would you that raise is the not issue? My then why would you raise the issue about uh, the issue they're looking raised, for caliber. No, no, you said raised, you mentioned no, no, caliber no, and skills. Is that the SGB, there was a point about all parents that bothered to attend the meeting. But do you so think that the SGB might be meeting? racist then? Not at all. How come, how come it is, how come it's so meticulous? How come it's so meticulous in hiring white people uh, and, and keeping the, the numbers of black people who've got the power to make a difference in the school so low? Is that an accident? Could I, could, I, could, I, could I just ask, why is it a white-black issue? Why is it not a South African issue? Because, because, because like the, the issue, because, because that's what they've said. The girls have said that this is a racist thing. Let's, let's look at the code of conduct of the school. The code of okay. conduct of the school says nothing about Afros uh, being, being not allowed. So which part of the code of conduct has this goal broken? The school, of con- the school code of conduct actually does speak about the gold dress code. Yes, but w- exactly. this particular girl and her afro, which part of the code of conduct uh, has she broken? 
Okay, let, let me let me read the school code of conduct for you on sure. appearance. Uh, all hair must be brushed. If hair is long enough to be tied back, it must be tied back neatly in a ponytail, no low, no lower than the nape of the neck. No crocodile, mm-hmm. banana, or other fancy clips are allowed. All hair must be off the face and not in the eyes. Hair buns must be tight with no loose hair and have to be worn in the neck and not on top of the head. The hair may not cover the elastic. No dyeing, bleaching, highlighting, color washing, color rinsing, or shaving of the hair in any way is allowed. Cornrows, natural dreadlocks, and singles braids without, with or without extensions are allowed, provided they're a maximum of 10 millimeters in diameter. That's, that's what the Code of Conduct says. At which point does it uh, speak out against an afro? Which point do we say enough is enough? And I need to ask the question. No, but uh, ask, answer my question. Which part of that uh, it goes against? Where does an Afro fit into that code of conduct? It does not say they're not allowed Afro. It okay. says so why is she being victimized? She's not being victimized. She's playing the victim. No, but by uh, choice. But but you you can't identify any part of the code of conduct on appearance that speaks specifically about an Afro, and you say she's been she she has been to detention and so on. That means she's no, been victimized. No, no, but you said that she's been kicked out of other schools because of issues around her hair, right? So it's similar, it mm-hmm. seems it's the same issues now. Nothing in the Code of Conduct to your admission speaks about uh, the Afro. So, so how, how do you come to the conclusion that she's not being victimized? Um, because I look at track record. I look at track record. No, but track so record has nothing to do with being victimized <laughs> right now. If you for a second could focus, and let's look at, let's look at this holistically. Number one, it's become, it's become a racially charged issue. That's the fact. Let's put it on the table. But secondly, the girls that always fostered a sense of sisterhood in the school are now against one another. I was at the school as a parent, and I was accosted by parents of color because I was there purely because of my color. The school that always used to be about, about sisterhood and about tradition has now become a volatile environment, purely because it's now become a media circus based on what they what the media, I'm saying media broadly, because I'm not talking about colour, perceives to be right and wrong. When Steve Soweto had come out and spoken for the policy, he said, guys, we don't even know what to do. When these children eventually get to a place of employment, and they have to especially conform to rules and regulations, are they then going to say, sorry, boss, we don't like you, you get out of your job. Now you... It doesn't work like that. We try to teach our children values. You know, like I've mentioned, my children love their friends. So when they become victimized because they have a white school, which they have no choice to. And when the schooling gets interrupted and disrupted like it has been, it becomes a problem. And when an educator of high caliber like Mr. Sassoy is targeted for something that is historically being done, it becomes a problem. It's been historically done. Does it make it right? Apartheid was historically done, Melissa. You should be ashamed of yourself. No, I'm not ashamed of myself. I was not Apartheid part of was historically done, so does it mean it deserves to exist? No, 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 I but you're saying it's, be, it's been historically right. done, so because it's been historically done, does it make it right? No, and at no point did I say I... You say you're standing so up you, for you traditions. Really no, you just said up. that's something that's been historically done. Melissa, are you seriously yes, saying that everything that's been historically done is right? Not at all. Then why would you say that? You, but you just said that. And what yes. does and what does what does an Afro have to do with discipline? What does it have to do with the values that you're speaking about? You're concerned about values. What does that have to mm-hmm. do with a girl having an Afro? So it's not the girl having the Afro. It's the discipline implication because of what it's become. So the what does the Afro? How does the, the Afro minute, impact the on discipline? We wrote a rule. We have put a peg in the ground. Then it becomes a free for all. You're you are welcome to come to school when you like. You're welcome to change subjects when you like. You're welcome to address your education. But you changed the way the report was. You changed the way the report was because you didn't like it. So why isn't that? Why doesn't the same apply? The parents did, and we applied the process. We approached the SGB. Then we went to the AGM. But this is what's been happening with this girl. This is what's been happening with the girl in question. But you say, you're assuming that this is this is the first time it happens. We just heard from past students who say that this has been going on for ages. So you're assuming that it's happened just because it's the first time you interact with the issue. Why is it that you're caught, you're willing to believe the other side and without interacting with this side, you you you, you don't want to? I have just mentioned that I had interacted with the side. I do all the time. You spoke to the girls them. that come to your house visiting yes. your kids. That's you yes. interacting with the other side. Yes, Shocking. absolutely. And when I did find you first on, on Monday with parents, I was accosted, I was sworn, I was told to get out of school just for being there because my skin is white. 
How does that make it right? The minute I, as a parent, stand up for, for all children, because I have the color that they perceive to be wrong, I become a problem. And this is the bigger problem, is there needs to be a sense of unity. There is nothing. And unfortunately, whether we like it or not, the media circus and the political circus has now created a divide within the schools. And not just the divisions were already the, the divisions were already there, Melissa. It just sounds like uh, people like yourself who are, are are just not willing to engage and understand the other side uh, and who want to to harp on the idea of tradition as yeah, being synonymous as being synonymous to excellence uh, are, are the ones who are getting in the way of this thing. These are issues that already exist. I don't think they just started now with the media shining a light on them. The question is the question is what do you do as a parent to make sure that you don't perpetuate this because you're jumping into a situation that you sound ill-informed about and you're not showing the empathy that needs to be so so your kids are learning this from you how do you expect them to become citizens of a country that is united that sees black people as having an equal place in that society if you're unwilling to engage with the issues no no but the race card the race card is already there of course i'm engaging with you (laughs) i've given you i've just given you 20 minutes engagement, you're trying to turn my words and everything I say to your point of view. Engagement is sitting, listening, saying, I hear what you're saying, is this what you're saying? All right, let's work a solution around it. You try to interact me with my words. Obviously, I'm very emotional right now. Obviously, it's an emotionally charged situation. I, as a parent, have the best interest of my child at heart, first and foremost. And secondly, I have the best interest of the children at heart. In fact, yesterday, when all those schools were storming girls high, I phoned my friends, children, my friends, my children's friends in hospital, and said, must not you not you? I'm concerned about you. So if, if, if I'm so divided and one-sided, why would I not want to go and help and protect children that are children? Melissa, are Melissa, we unfortunately need to uh, move on here. But if I may just ask and, and speak to you about this from a, from a different perspective to say, I think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done in all our schools. Pretoria High School, Pretoria Girls got highlighted. There are problems. The system is Absolutely. at fault and needs to change. And I think that you, who are an engaged parent, has an obligation and a duty to see all sides of the story. When Panyaza Lesufi comes to your school and she has hundreds, or not hundreds, but many, many kids crying because of the issues of race, not only around here, but of race within that school, there are problems that we need to not shy away from, not try to deflect, not try to deny but engage with and listen and not think of people as victims and she's trying to play the victim card and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm the victim. Just simply listening to the other side and saying, how can we as South Africa, and if you really want to be a South African where 80% of this country is black, we need to understand and change. That's what we need to do. I absolutely agree with you. Great. But I do feel it needs to be both-sided. Cool. Melissa, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for your thoughts. Interesting. Melissa Kun, she is a parent at Pretoria High School. Wow. We are talking about black hair and who cares. Um, it is uh, fascinating to hear the views. We, we're, I mean, geez, we haven't even started and we're nearly finished. Rory, I feel you here. How are you no, feeling? Man, you, no, I, How are you feeling here? Uh, me, well, it's, it's interesting. When, when a person believes uh, uh, that the, the demographics of the school as they are um, are okay, and uh, you want to equate that with excellence. Um, mm. You know this question I keep asking you, Andrew. These are moments when I'm when I feel it. It's you and I have been doing the show for two years, or thereabouts, right, or more. Uh-huh. Right? We speak to the same people every single week. We speak about the same issues every week. We have the dialogues, the polite dialogues. We discuss. We try and educate. We learn and whatever. People don't change. We must give up. I'm telling you. We must give up. We must give up. We must give up on this country. We must give up. We must just give up. Because people people refuse to just engage. You know, 20 years we've been having these dialogues. Are you waiting for us to march into the streets and burn it, burn things up be, be, before you start before you start to realize that hey guys you know what the way we're engaging with this is not is not is not healthy for the future of the country we need to come up with a better way All right let's uh, let's hear very quickly from some other callers uh, who think that uh, the the Pretoria High School girls uh, issue is not an issue uh, we've got Logan Young on the line Logan uh, Logan thank you so much for uh, for joining us Thanks for the call 
So you, you've said, PSG students, please read and understand your code of conduct and stop behaving like entitled little bitches. Yeah, well, at the, at the time, my only, my, my only understanding was that they didn't want to wear their hair a certain way. So I went and I looked at the code of conduct and it didn't actually say anything about any students being forced to wear straight hair. So... You said when at the I time, look, what, what does that mean? Does that mean your, 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 your tune has now what, changed? These are not entitled little bitches? Well, not much. <laughs> Let me just get my thoughts here. Um, at this point in time, I've done a little bit more research, and I'm, see, I'm, I'm seeing what looks like a bit of a bigger issue, more to do with teachers taking liberties that they're not really supposed to. I mean... If the, co- if the school's code of conduct doesn't specifically say that girls have to wear their hair straight, then a teacher cannot go and tell a student, you have to straighten your hair. Or in that one case on that news broadcast, the one girl was told that she couldn't go and that if she didn't tie up her hair, because she apparently has a natural afro or, or whatever, she was told apparently that she wouldn't be allowed to write her exams if she didn't tie, tie up her hair. Logan, now, that, that's a that, that, that's a big problem for me because that that's effectively removing her from her right to an education, which is blatantly unconstitutional. So that teacher really needs a serious talking to. <laughs> Logan, I'm interested because it seems like you've changed your tune a little bit, and maybe that's a good thing. But people have made comments such as yours. Um, on Twitter, we've been watching, have been labeled as racist, defenders of white supremacy. Do you feel that you have racist tendencies within you? Are you a defender of white supremacy? I don't even know what white supremacy is, to be honest. I, I tend, lately I'm very much, I'm very much in favor of Morgan Freeman's, um, statement that he made. I don't know where he made it or to whom, but he says, if you want to start, get rid of racism, stop talking about it. Don't, I'll ask you to not call me a black man, he said, and I, in return, I'll not refer to you as a white man. Let's instead just refer to each other as men. I mean, it's as simple as that, I think. Logan. You don't want, if you want to get rid of racism, stop talking about it. Logan, um, I'm interested in this thing of uh, behaving like li- entitled little bitches. Um, what would you regard as behavior that is like entitled little bitches? Having read the, when I went online and I saw this and I looked it up on, I found this News 24 article that just says that schoolgirls are being forced to straighten their hair. That's a really minor thing to focus on in my mind. I mean, there are so many more important things, that issues out there that need to be addressed. And these girls are starting petitions and have all this public outcry. Because they told me to straighten my hair. Oh no, it's the end of the world. Come on, Logan. Um, <laughs> you 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 appear to have a bit of a credit issue uh, with NetBank. Um, just last week, Wednesday, you tweeted how NetBank was effectively abusing their power, pissing on your credit record, even though you've made an arrangement with them. Um, uh, and then, uh, uh, well, and, and when NetBank takes steps to get its money back, but then uh, you then turn around and say black girls at uh, at the school are behaving like entitled little bitches when they too complain about the school abusing its power. Um, how does this uh, measure up? It, it's, it's just it's confusing for me that you can identify uh, an abuse of power when it's against you, but you can't see it as an abuse of power when it's against these girls, and that you then call them entitled little bitches. Well. That goes back to what I said about the teachers needing a talking to, because as far as I was, as far as I saw, in the Pretoria High, um, High School for Girls Code of Conduct, it doesn't say that girls have to wear their hair straight like that, so they can wear their hair in so, cornrows. So, are you retracting your statement that they that, that they're behaving like entitled little bitches? To a degree, because again, like I said, your hair is not. I saw post. Uh, an image on that video of, of the news clipping that said her hair is her identity. Now, that, that's a little bit weird for me because how can your hair be your identity? Are you that shallow of a person? But, I mean, uh, that's but you're not an important thing. Tie up your hair. If this is, a, this is according to you, right? Yeah. That's, that's so it's a subjective and yet you, you feel entitled to call them lit, uh, entitled little bitches. That was my... 
from my understanding, Logan, that was my Logan, opinion. Let's, of, let's, let's, let's just stick on this topic of entitlement quickly. Um, on August 21, you complained on Twitter about Vodacom denying you a cell phone contract. As we've already learned, you don't exactly have the best credit record. And Vodacom informed you that you don't qualify for the contract you want. Your response was, in a quote, surely as a paying customer, I should be able to get whatever device I want. Would you say that this is an example of you acting like an entitled little bitch? You you don't have the credit record. Uh, you you can't get the phone you want. But uh, here you are saying, as a paying customer, as paying customers, shouldn't the girls get what they want? The girls agree to the code of conduct when they enroll in the in the school. They said when they enrolled in the school, this is okay. This is what I will do. I will tie up my hair if they tell me to tie up my hair. So Nobody went and told me I can't get a cell phone at Vodacom. They told you, I they fly. replied in your engagement. You said, I want this phone. They said, no, you can't have this phone. Get an iPhone 5S. And then you complained and you said, no, I don't See, want an, an iPhone entire, 5S. That's an entirely different issue. It's the same issue. You feel entitled to an iPhone 6 even though you don't have the credit record for it. Because your identity is linked to that iPhone. I think this is going very much off topic at the moment. I think this is the problem, is that you are very keen to speak on behalf of others, but when people shine the light on you, it feels very, very uncomfortable, doesn't it? And it's the same issue. Entitlement, power, same issues, but because it's not happening to you, then you feel you can then, you're entitled to call other people entitled little bitches. Maybe a point of reflection there for us, Logan. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. Okay, thanks. Right, so we've dealt with him, um, just so that we're clear, because I don't want people to think that we're like private detectives. All that was said there was on his Twitter handle, it right? It was on his Twitter handle. All right, so it's, pub- it's in the public the narrative. Yeah, I just it's in the make- public domain, yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure you're not like hacking into his system. No, 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 this is, this is, but you see, that's the thing is, is, is we don't take the time to engage with the other side of the topic. We don't research. We already jump into topics. Ah. We already, we, we call people all sorts of things. And this is what then causes the racist, uh, the racist tensions is because you come into an issue, you, you haven't researched it well, you haven't engaged with it. You don't understand where the other people are coming from but when the same thing happens to you in a different context you feel you feel that an injustice has been done to you i think we need to do better south africans i'm frustrated because i there's this argument that keeps on coming up which is about um which is about this this thing on like i've got black friends my kid brings home a black friend therefore i understand you know i understand the issue and that is the worst, most superficial level of engagement that I've ever heard of in my life. And yet, like, traditionally, white people love to use this. And it just freaks me out. It freaks me out. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Yeah, we've got, we've got a long way to go, my friend. And it's, uh, it really, if anything, this show for us was, it's not just about hair, right? This is how issues on hair become issues on race. It's because we haven't addressed the issues on race and every little thing becomes becomes a spark for, for, for much bigger issues. We need to deal with the issues of race and that means coming into questions, issues like this with more question marks if we're not the ones aggrieved and less exclamation marks, which is what the people who, who we've had on the show today seem to have entered the conversation with. Yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating. Uh, I think that black hair don't care is a very interesting statement that we made, frankly speaking. If you missed any of the show, you've got to check it out. Listen to uh, www.cliffcentral.com forward slash frankly speaking. Uh, we have to, Rory, we can't give up. We can't give up at this point. Hey, my friend, you know, one of our listeners says, I can't listen to this. People don't get it, which is why there's anger. It's unbearable, truly. Um, uh, there's a parent at Rodin. Even even Rodin, we change the rules, but uh, the comments continue. Ah, want to scream? I care. It's unbelievable. I care. It's unbelievable. I'm so sick of people like Kun. Uh, uh, let's let's keep it going, I guess. <laughs> Are you sick of Kun, Rory? I, I don't know. Uh, I, mean, I don't know it well enough. Listen, if you want to engage with the show, you got to check it out. Uh, you can go at Rory Sang or at Rory Shabalala and at Yebo underscore Levy. We want to hear your thoughts on this issue and more. And please do keep engaging with us. Thank you so much for listening. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. This is cliffcentral.com.